Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In our previous studies of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we considered four things. First, how the Greek words for baptism are used throughout the New Testament. Second, how the Greek word baptizo is used in 1 Corinthians. Third, the pattern for how baptism is performed both with water and with the Spirit as on the day of Pentecost. Four, we presented a detailed study of the verse in the context and the interpretation of the verse itself and how the Greek phrase in hini dimatai, that is in one spirit, is used in the Greek in the New Testament to promote congregational unity. Today we will give some quotes from various scholars that support the position that this verse is speaking of water baptism and not some type of spirit baptism. While the authority is in the scriptures, it is generally admitted that the views of sound scholars and historical use should be considered in biblical interpretation. The Westminster Confession of Faith referenced 1 Corinthians 12.13 regarding baptism from Article 1 where it is stated, quote, for the solemn admission of the party baptized into the visible church, end of quote. The confession also quoted Colossians 2.11 and 12 and Romans 6.3 and 4 for this sacrament. Course they call sacrament, that's the water baptism. While the London Baptist Confession of 1689 did not list 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it did reference Romans 6, 3 through 5, Colossians 2, 12, and Galatians 3, 27 as proofs of baptism as an ordinance. William Lumpkin, in his book, Baptist Confessions of Faith published the General Baptist Confession. The 1689 Confession is a particular Baptist Confession. The General Baptist Confession was entitled the Orthodox Creed. Lumpkin called this, quote, their so-called Orthodox Creed. And But anyway, when they published the Orthodox Creed, they said that it was to, quote, unite and confirm all true Protestants in the fundamental articles of the Christian religion, end of quote. Now, this confession, the Orthodox Creed, was published in 1678 in Article 28 regarding baptism, and it, and it referenced 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and Romans 6, 3 through 5, in support of this initiatory rite into the visible church of Christ. Some try to affirm that since the 1689 Confession did not reference 1 Corinthians 12, 13, <clears throat> that was because they believed it referred to spirit baptism. 
However, William Kiffin and those associated with him believed 1 Corinthians 12.13 was water baptism. We will prove this from following quotes from him and John Bunyan. Now, remember that William Kiffin signed both the 1643 and the 1689 Confessions of Faith that the Baptists put out. William Kiffin wrote against John Bunyan for his practice of open communion. Kiffin maintained that open communion was a new practice and not for the Baptists. Excuse me, was a new practice not only for the Baptists, but also for other parties within the borders of Christianity. History clearly reveals that Bunyan's practice was a novel occurrence and that it was later popularized by John Hall. <clears throat> now, allow me to add here that Kiffin and Bunyan were good friends. In fact, while Bunyan was in Bedford jail in Kiffin went before the King of England on Bunyan's behalf, seeking his relief. <clears throat> Bunyan wrote, and actually Bunyan wrote what I'm fixing to read uh, after uh, what I'm going to read that William Kiffin published, because Bunyan, uh, quote, was in 1688. Well, what Kiffin wrote was uh, prior to that. But anyway, Bunyan wrote, Now that baptism is essential to church communion, I prove from 1 Corinthians 12, where we shall find the apostle laboring to prevent an evil use that might be made of spiritual gifts, as thereby to be puffed up and to think that such as wanted them were not of the body, or to be esteemed members. He thereupon resolves that whosoever did confess Christ and own him for his head did it by the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12.3. Though they might not have such a visible manifestation of it as others, and therefore they ought to be owned as members as appears, verse 23. And not only because they have called him Lord by the Spirit, but because they have the guidance and direction of the same Spirit been baptized, verse 13. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, etc. I need not, I need not go about to confute that notion that some of late have had of this text, namely that the baptism here spoken of is the baptism of the Spirit. Because you, that is talking to Kiffin, because you have not owed and declared that notion as your judgment. But on the contrary, now notice this, all of you that I have ever conversed with have declared it to be understood of baptism with water by the direction of the Spirit. So that means Kiffin and all that were associated with him believed that it was water baptism. Bunyan goes on. If so, 
Then it follows that men and women are declared members of Christ's body by baptism and cannot be by Scripture reputed and esteemed so without it, which farther appears from Romans 6, 5, where men by baptism are said to be planted into the likeness of his death in Colossians 2.12, we are said to be buried with him by baptism, by which, together with the consent of all Christians, some few in these latter times accepted, I do, uh, do prove that baptism is necessary to the, initiating, to the initiating persons into the Church of Christ. That's from Bunyan's An Exhortation to peace and unity. Now, Kiffin had previously written uh, regard to this, and this is a lengthy quote, but it is uh, well worth reading. And he gives some objections uh, against water baptism, uh, and then he gives the answer to the question, uh, to the objection. In objection four, where, now I'm quoting now from Kiffin, whereas some infer from sec, from First Corinthians twelve thirteen, by one Spirit we are baptized into one body, whether Jews or Gentile, whether bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit, etc. That baptism is the inchurching ordinance. The conclusion is impertinent for not water baptism, but the baptism of the Spirit is here meant. That's the objection. Now here's what uh, Keats answers that objection. That baptism was of so constant and universal use to the inchurching of all sorts, rank and degree, ranks and degree, is fairly deduced from this text however, accepted against, and that none were in church without it, unless any man can find or name some persons that were neither Jews nor Gentiles, bond nor free, which denotes plainly that all sorts were received by baptism. The Jews, though before circumcised, yet were baptized. The Gentiles, Sometimes a people afar off were upon their believing by baptism received. If free as masters, yet not admitted without it, if bond as servants, yet by this ordinance they were made equally of the same church privilege by baptism. Galatians three twenty-seven and 28. And that water baptism is here meant is the judgment of most learned expositors. And that was in Kiffin's day. And the next words do make it appear, we have been all made to drink into one spirit by being baptized into one body and made to drink into one spirit. The apostle shows the communion which believers have with the Holy Spirit in the two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. For what else can be intended by drinking into one spirit but the saints' communion in the spirit, in and by the supper? That is, drinking is, he's saying, the communion, sir. Uh, 
and that was by a synecdoche, being put both for eating and drinking. And if so, why must we not as well understand the first ordinance in the proper sense for water baptism? In the former part, as the latter ordinance, the supper, in the first part of the text. Second answer to the objection. If baptism of the Spirit had been meant, then being baptized into one body and drinking into one spirit must be one and the same thing. But surely baptizing and drinking are no more the same than body and the spirit are the same, into which they are said respectively to be baptized and to drink. But it is clear the apostle hereby intends to mind those Corinthians how that by means of the same spirit working upon all their hearts, they became members of the same body by baptism, and that being of the body, they came to have communion in spirit or with the spirit in the supper. It cannot be the baptism of the spirit because the spirit is here set forth by the apostle as the agent or working cause and baptism as the effect. And it is ridiculous to make the cause and the effect the same thing. It is true the scriptures speak elsewhere of being baptized with the Spirit. But when it does so, it still declares either Jesus Christ or God the Father as the agent of baptizing with the Spirit, but never as making the Spirit both the subject matter wherewith and the agent whereby men are baptized in the same baptism. See Matthew 3.11, Mark 1.8, Luke 3.16, and Luke 24.49, Acts chapter 11, verses 4, 5, and 16. Bunyan, I mean, Kiffin continues. We find in Scripture that when God chargeth men for sin, He tells them that they... Uh, tells them they did that which he commanded not, neither did it enter into his heart. Now, that this was the order of administration with respect to these ordinances, namely one to teach, then baptize, and then admit to church communion, is elsewhere fully evidenced from precept and example. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Acts two forty-one etc. And if that be the stated method of God and the universal practice of primitive Christians, we may rationally infer that the contrary practice is a deviation from the divine rule and a thing which God commanded not. The apostle, according to the rule of Christ, first at Jerusalem, put this commission in execution, Luke twenty four forty seven and did act according to it, and certainly their punctual conformity to it ought to be taken by us as the interpretation of this grand precept. And their example, a sufficient pattern for succeeding Christians. Unless we will suppose them to depart from it as soon as they begin to act in pursuance of it, 
which supposition includes a very strange uncharitableness and a very unbecoming opinion of these holy men. For nothing can be more plain than that addition to the church or church fellowship followed after baptism and did not go before it. And why men now find a greater good in their own way than in his is not to be easily resolved. Baptism in those days did certainly precede church enjoyments, for it was esteemed, as it still ought to be, a means of implanting men into Christ or the body of Christ the church, Galatians 3.27, Romans 6.3. Now let it be considered what a planning together imports. It must be certainly the putting of Christians together in order to their growing together in Christ, and yet all this was done by baptism, and may we not suppose trees to grow together whereby they are planted together, as this spiritual plantation of Christ, namely the church or society of Christians, who were and should still be planted together by baptism, not into this or that particular church, but into the one church of Christ, which is distributed into several parts and particular societies. Hence, baptism is called one of the principles or beginning doctrines and part of the foundation, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Now, there is no house, now there is no house can stand without its principle or can be erected without a foundation. See 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, Where we have an account of all being baptized into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, which comprehended all ranks and degrees of Christians, as is elsewhere demonstrated. End of quote. That's from his... A sober discourse of right to church communion, wherein is proved by Scripture the example of the primitive times and the practice of all that have professed the Christian religion, that no unbaptized person may be regularly admitted to the Lord's Supper. That was printed in 1681. That's found from pages 132-138. So the Baptist of that day, whether it was John Bunyan who believed in an open communion, as well as William Kiffin and those of associated with him. And as Kiffin said, all sound scholars of that day believe 1 Corinthians 12, 13 was water baptism. <clears throat> the Baptist Henry Danvers, in his treatise of baptism that was published in 1674, said, The New Testament church was by Christ's appointment to be a separate people out of the nations consisting only of the spiritual seed of Abraham and therefore believers upon profession of faith by the ordinance of baptism were added thereto. Acts 2.21, 1 Corinthians 12.13. John Calvin in his Institutes when writing about the sacraments says, quote, Hence, Paul, addressing believers, includes communion with Christ in the sacraments, as when he says, As many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, Galatians 3.27, 
And again, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. Matthew Poole commenting on this verse stated, The apostle proveth the oneness of the church as the body of Christ from the same, notice the sacraments, of the New Testament instituted for all Christians, in wherein they jointly partake. End of quote. He went on to say that baptism is of water baptism and made to drink into one spirit to be that of the Lord's Supper. Of course, that's what William Kiffin was saying. John Brown of Haddington, in his self-interpreting family Bible, said of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, quote, For without any regard to our being Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free men, or any other condition of outward life, we all by these gifts and by our participation of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and by the renovation which we have experienced and the spiritual nourishment we received, divinely connected into Christ's church and entitled to all the blessings and privileges thereof, end of quote. And then Charles Hodge, who did believe that it was spirit baptism, did admit and said in his commentary, this is commonly and even by the modern commentators understood of the sacrament of baptism. And the apostle is made to say that by the Holy Ghost received in baptism were made one body. So there you see from the quotes of many people, and I know this session was a long uh, study, but uh, you can see that uh, the idea of uh, Holy Spirit or spirit baptism was a new idea that was coming to vogue uh, in uh, John Bunyan's day. I hope this study has been profitable for you. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.